It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, mom. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot, fade away. This is the best Celtics podcast day to day, especially when the season get hectic. I stay waiting on it like receiving a Nets pick. Nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth, you might even hear a story on Gigi. So in depth, they might do an hour about the D-League. So in depth, you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, John Corrales and J. King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. So you can miss me with the blah, blah. No more Geno time. We watching Jay do the Zaza. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making this part of your regular routine, even in the depths of August. We are here, John Corrales, Sam Jam Packard, to talk about Brad Stevens on the Chris Mannix Podcast and playing a little game predicting the upcoming season's win totals. And it's all brought to you by SeatGeek. Get that SeatGeek app, figure out how to get your hands on some of the most prized tickets. Uh, boy, I can't wait to see what that Cle- Cleveland Cavaliers Boston Celtics Pierce game uh, Pierce retirement night's going to go for, but you can get it on SeatGeek and as much as you're going to pay, uh, it's probably going to be the best deal you're going to find out there. We'll talk more about SeatGeek in a minute. But Sam, we are fresh off the Chris Mannix podcast where Brad Stevens revealed among other things his Miss Pac-Man obsession, which actually was out a little bit before, but talked about. He actually has, this is actually cool, he has like the big actual arcade Miss Pac-Man in his house. Yeah, I, you know I'm a sucker for any Brad Stevens personality talk, anything outside of basketball. So it was great to just hear him talk about his love of 80s video games. And it feels like Miss Pac-Man um, kind of just fits with the Brad Stevens <laughs> persona. It's, it feels like it's an analytical game where there's different strategies you can use uh, to defeat whatever those ghosts are. Um, so, but it was just awesome to hear. I'm all for it. Brad Stevens showing a little personality. I want to know what he, like, was that his game? Did Brad Stevens hang out in a local Indiana, um, arcade and was just like feeding quarters to Miss Pac-Man until he finally defeated it? I just want to know more. It just is a, so exciting. This is, uh, in August, this is a gem. That this, <laughs> it is the greatest news to come out of the Celtics in a month like this. I picture him in a uh, George Costanza-type Frogger situation where he finds his old Miss Pac-Man at a pizza place that's closing, and he's got the high score, and he wants to save it, and he hires a ragtag crew of misfits to (laughs) extricate it from said store. All of Uh, them versatile in their position. All versatile, yes, absolutely. Nice segue. One of the other things he talked about was the the Gordon Hayward uh, 
situation and and free agency and and that mess. But then he, we get into that versatility. Hayward with some of the other guys uh, that play quote unquote the same position. And one of the things that was interesting is he's he talked a little bit about the lineups and. He got into it through the conversation of when Crowder got pissed off that people were cheering for Gordon Hayward when Utah came to visit, and he he was asked if if Jay kind of took it personally and how that's going to work out, and and he's been saying kind of what we've been saying and, and what I'm trying to get most fans, all fans to understand is those guys are going to play together. He talked about it. Hayward with Crowder are going to play together with Jalen Brown, with Marcus Morris, with uh, Jason Tatum. He, he even mentions Shemi Ojale. So, and I think it means that the Celtics are planning on using Ojale a lot. I, I don't think, you know, Ojale went in that second round, but I really do think that he's going to be one of those second rounders that gets used more than most second rounders. But Point is, these guys are all going to end up in the same lineup together sometimes. Yeah, positions really do not exist. It was, and it's kind of, it's the thing that's been very frustrating about like all the kind of random Jay Crowder slander that has been on Twitter this summer. It was like, well, we got Hayward now, so you're clearly getting out of town. Like you should be packing your bags. And it just doesn't make sense. Like they, there's just because they both play traditionally the small forward position. There's there's no incentive for the Celtics to ever get rid of him. It just feels like they're definitely going to play a number of lineups where there's upwards of two, probably three, some maybe even sometimes four guys who would traditionally be called um, small forwards. The the Shemi thing really um, surprised me, and I don't know if it was actually the Celtics planning on using him or kind of the the Bill Belichickian motto of just trying to name everyone, you know, in kind of uh, yep. the press yep. conference about the other team, Bel- Belichick will name all seven w- receivers they have and talk about how dangerous they are. Maybe it was just Brad Stevens being nice, but I was I was kind of intrigued that that was um, in there. And I think that Brad is going to basically just, he also talked about how matchups are really going to dictate that and how other teams, sometimes they'll play a larger four, sometimes they'll play quicker four. They go small as well. So, Basically, again, it comes back to the versatility and his ability to kind of mix and match is really going to dictate who plays, but I just think he likes having the ability to do basically any lineup he wants um, with a, a few players who can only play guard, and then, like, that's about it. It's like Isaiah Thomas and Terry Rozier are, like, the only ones stuck in a position. Basically, yeah, and, and like, Aaron Baines for the most part, but even he he can play four or five. But he even mentioned, Brad Stevens even mentioned that Hayward could be a primary ball handler, which is a, a lineup that really intrigues me. That and you can play, you can play him and Smart together, and give Isaiah a break, and you can give Isaiah bigger breaks, and and kind of minimize his minutes to, in an effort to keep him healthy. I think that would be a big, big boost for the Celtics. I don't want Isaiah Thomas playing more than he has to. Every time he's out there above 32, 33, 34 minutes, it's more opportunity for his body to break down. And they did mention that Isaiah is going to get a scan in September for his hip to figure out exactly where that is and what the timeline for him returning at full strength would be. And once that once he is at full strength, we obviously want to keep him at full strength. And Hayward as the primary ball handler is an option. He can go out there and run the offense. And really, honestly, it's almost akin to 
a leadoff hitter in baseball. You're only leading off once. Once Hayward passes the ball and and cuts, then the offense is being run. And then it doesn't really matter as much who the point guard is, quote-unquote, if everyone has the ability to put it on the floor against a defender that might be slower than, than him, then you take advantage of that mismatch. But Hayward does have the ability to bring the ball across half court, initiate an offense, and get the thing going. And it's super helpful just for the Celtics in um, transition. I think we saw Al Horford do this a number of times, but just to be able to quickly get into transition when the defender rebounds the basketball and immediately turns up the floor... It just leads to easier baskets and easier offenses because the defense has less time. And I think adding another player on the court with that ball handling ability um, is just going to be beneficial to the Celtics. The Stevens also mentioned in their interview, and I like that we're doing a podcast review of a podcast. Um, I know, I know. Meta. I that's not it. lost on me. <laughs> um, but he said, he talked about how there was the kind of the Al Horford effect of Celtics offensive or wings playing with Al Horford. I think there's going to be a similar Gordon Hayward effect and just the fact that he's a talented offensive basketball player who seems like he can do a little bit of everything kind of in the vein of Al Horford. Um, but I, it's interesting that he called uh, Hayward the primary ball handler because that makes me think they're preparing to do a lot of staggering with Isaiah and Hayward, which I think is the correct strategy. But you would want to have it so one of those guys is on the court at all times. So if you're not in transition, if you're running the uh, half-court offense – you have two kind of great scores there um, because one of the biggest Celtics problems last year was just their inability to kind of score consistently with Isaiah on the bench. Um, and it's something that we saw in the, in the Washington series. It felt like at home, the bench players made some shots. And so that kind of the scoring was there. And then on the road, the bench players didn't make the shots in this. They didn't, couldn't really score without Isaiah. If they have, don't have any of those letdowns, their offense is going to be that much better. Um, so it's just kind of a, I think it's a little bit of a nod to that they're planning and kind of staggering those two players just because, by saying that Hayward's a primary ball handler. Yeah, I, I think that's a definite way to keep Isaiah fresh, and it's a definite way to solve that beginning of the second quarter issue that they had last season. And it, it also it shows the ability to play Isaiah off the ball when he is with Gordon Hayward. You can use Gordon Hayward to initiate the offense and run your picks for Isaiah Thomas and have him use the Rip Hamilton, Ray Allen, multiple picks you know, flying around the court and, and catching and shooting in those situations. So I, I think there is a lot of, I guess we'll just say versatility. There's There are a lot of options when it comes to how you use Hayward with Isaiah, without Isaiah, uh, and, and just it's all good. And in, in my watching everything that Hayward can do on the floor, there, there's just a lot that he can do. He can play in every conceivable way, especially if there's a mismatch. So he can take advantage of them in any spot on the floor. The other thing, basketball-wise, that we'll get to in this show before we have a little bit more fun is that he mentioned that Jalen Brown needs to be a lockdown defender. And as great as it was that Jalen was working on his offense, he needs to go out there and play defense and play the type of defense that can make up for the loss of Avery Bradley. And for him to specifically mention that and say it with force, you know how 
Brad Stevens likes to kind of, well, you know this and you know that, and he kind of couches everything. This is, and it kind of goes big picture. When it came to Jalen, was very direct, forceful. Jalen needs to be a lockdown defender, and that is end of. There's no nuance to that. So I thought that was a really interesting thing, and it kind of we've been talking about that on the show, but. Jalen needs to, and I think he can with his length and his foot speed. He has the physical tools to do it. Now the question is, can he actually defend at that level? It really feels like the Celtics are counting on him to make a big leap defensively. Just because if you think about the type of personnel they have on the team, um, with Avery Bradley gone, they don't have a lot of players who can guard basically the traditional shooting guards and point guards at, at an elite level uh, you, uh, other than Marcus Smarts. But at some points, you're going to need to really guard those quicker players. And they're talked about this offseason. Jalen's going to be guarding some twos and some ones. Um, but that's the other thing with so much size that they have is they don't have necessarily people who are as quick and able to guard uh, kind of the quicker guards in the league. I so It feels like they're really going to rely on Jalen Brown to come out and be one of the people who can do that um, consistently for them. And I don't know in his second year how big of a jump he's going to make, but I thought it was, you're right, it's very interesting that Stevens would come out and say it like almost as like a motivating factor, like hoping Jalen Brown's going to hear this, uh, because I think the Celtics are really going to rely on this um, next season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll be able to see that firsthand, or anybody can see that firsthand, if you use the SeatGeek app and buy tickets to the Celtics wherever they go, home or road, you can use that SeatGeek app anywhere to get the best deal on tick uh, on tickets. You know, it's the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to any live event. They've got a seamless mobile experience where you can buy or sell tickets if you have tickets that you need to get rid of. If you can't go to a game, you can use the SeatGeek app to sell your seats. They will help you find the best seats for the best prices. It's fully guaranteed, and there's nothing like seeing your favorite team, musician, in person, with SeatGeek. They get you closer to the action and they get you the most bang for your buck because they grade every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the seats that fit your budget. Whenever I use the SeatGeek app, it's very uh, simple for a guy like me that doesn't understand a whole lot to say, oh, green, that's a good deal. The yellow is and the red, I stay away from the red because those are overpriced. And that's going to happen wherever you go buy tickets. So SeatGeek puts it out there. And on top of everything, it's fully guaranteed. So if something goes wrong, you can call their customer service, contact their customer service. They will take care of it completely taken care of, no problem, fully guaranteed so you can shop with confidence. So make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every ticket from sports to concerts to comedy and theater. And when you do buy tickets... Use the promo code L-O-N-B-A. You will get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. That's promo code L-O-N-B-A for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So if you're going to use the SeatGeek app to buy those tickets to any Celtics games, why don't we figure out how many of those Celtics games are, are going to be wins and how many are going to be losses? Ooh, that was a. I wasn't even ready for that transition. I'm gonna be honest. I zoned out a little bit during the Seeky grad, and then you came right back at me. Um, so let's yeah. <laughs> Gotta stand your toes with me, brother. I know, I know. Um, so this is the game we're gonna be playing. It's uh something I've done before on four podcasts of yesteryear. But 
So essentially, we're going to go through each team in the league. And the, the way the schedule works in the NBA, for people who don't know, most of you guys do, the Celtics play their people in their division four times, everyone in the Western Conference uh, twice, home and home. And then there's four teams in the Eastern Conference. They play three times, and the rest of the teams in the Eastern Conference, they play four times. So we're going to go through each of the teams. I'll tell you guys how many games the Celtics play against them. And me and John will try to guess out of those games how many we think the Celtics are going to win. So, makes sense. I'm ready. First team is the Atlanta Hawks, who the Celtics play four times. That's four wins. You're booking it for four wins immediately. Now that... I would have to agree with you. They lost pretty much any pieces they had that was remotely good. I'm a huge Torian Prince fan, but even then, uh, I don't think that the Celtics should lose any of those games. Maybe if Dennis Schroeder has a crazy, like, anti-Isaiah game, but I just don't see it happen. Um, so I'm going to agree with you there. Yeah, they're going to be terrible. Um, next team, another terrible team, who the Celtics play four times in the division – the Brooklyn Nets pick. <laughs> uh, I will book them for three wins. I think there's going to be a stupid loss in there against the Nets. Damn it, John. That is reasonable and exactly my reasoning when I was putting the men for three wins. That's all quite all right. <laughs> all right. The new Charlotte Hornets with Dwight Howard and Malik Monk. Uh, the Celtics play them three times. Um. Let me tell you which one. It's twice at home and only traveling to Charlotte once. I'll say I'll say two wins. I would say two wins as well, but I think they're going to be at two teams. That's one of those, um, our tough team, that's one of those ones where it's like you could easily see the Celtics kind of blowing two games. Because the, the, I feel like the games against the Hornets have been pretty close over the past couple of years. Yeah, I, I agree with you totally, except Dwight Howard. And I, there's something about he, he's gonna he's gonna screw it up somehow. All right, another... I, I hate Dwight Howard. So. <laughs> I gather that. I feel like he might have a, a resurgence. Isn't Steve Clifford the Dwight Whisperer? Uh, yeah, maybe, but uh, whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on because I'm not buying it. The next team is the Chicago Bulls, the contending for the number one draft pick, Chicago Bulls, four times. I feel like we're piling up a lot of wins early, that's but the, that's the thing about this game is you get a very confident and you end up predicting 75 wins for the Celtics. <laughs> uh, how can they not beat the bulls four times? It doesn't, I mean, that, it doesn't make sense why they wouldn't. They're going to be absolutely horrible. I mean, they could be the worst team in the league. They should be, they might buy out Dwayne Wade too. I saw some rumor of that. So they're going to be really, really bad and there's going to be no, like incentive for them to try. So I'm going to say four games as well. So far we've agreed on all of them. Uh, I'm guessing that will change with the Cleveland Cavaliers who the Celtics play three times, including on opening night. Um, the other two games are uh, at home. One is the Paul Pierce game. So I think we take that into consideration. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they, Okay. Here's here's my hmm. I'll say one. I'm gonna say one. Um, because I think opening night is gonna be tough. 
LeBron's going to be so furious. LeBron's yeah, going to be pissed off. Uh, I think Pierce Knight. See, now, Pierce Knight, I can go either way. I have this feeling that LeBron is going to be super, super motivated to ruin Pierce Knight. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's a, one then, of his first rival, basically. Yeah. I think he's going to want to come out and just shit all over Pierce Knight. So, um, I, I just, it pains me to say that. I think he's going to have like one of those games that the Celtics will play well, but LeBron does something stupid like drop 50. Uh, so, and then they'll, I think they'll, they'll take one of those games, but I'm going to put him down for one against Cleveland. That sucks. I hate that. I hate that. That's my, my reasoning, but. It, it made sense to me, um, but I'm going to have to disagree with you here just because we don't still don't know about the Cleveland kind of locker room situation right now and who knows what the actual makeup of their team is. And I'm like really banking on their like clubhouse chemistry being absolutely awful uh, for the entire year and just like people hating playing for the Cavs and it's just having a terrible effect. I'm pretty sure that's what's going to tank their entire season. Um, and with that being said, LeBron's going to uh, destroy the Celtics on opening night. So I'm going to give the Celtics two wins. All right. I hope you're right. I, I, I'm sure people listening, I'm, I just, I'm sorry. I know you want to hate me right now. You're probably already, you've probably already sent the tweet mid podcast blasting me. It's totally deserved. Uh, I'm sorry, but yeah, I'm going to stay with the one win. Ugh. All right. Next up the Dallas Mavericks. This is the first Western conference team. So the Celtics play a home and home two games. I will. Where in the schedule is that road game? Road game is November 20th. Let me see what the schedule is around them. That's going to be... They play Saturday in Atlanta. Then they play... Monday in in Dallas. It's a reasonable game. Second night of a three-game road trip. Yeah. Not a schedule loss. No, it's not. It's not, and there's, you know, they got Miami that next night. There's nothing to look ahead to. Uh, I'll say they win both those games. All right, I'm going to go with one, just because for some reason last year, Harrison Barnes was, like, super fucking good at scoring against the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> and it just made no sense, but it feels like one of those, like, things that just is kind of, uh, it's working for him. So <laughs> I, I've... I'm always weary against the West Coast because you only play the or the Western Conference. You only play those teams twice. There can be just some weird matchups sometimes, and some I feel like you you always end up losing some Western Conference games that you probably shouldn't. So I'm going to go one. You're going two. I'm going two. Yeah. All right. The next team is the Detroit Nuggets. <laughs> By Detroit Nuggets, I mean Denver Nuggets. <laughs> Denver is going to be a, a weird team. Um, I think they can be good. Uh, I think they're going to be like re- Denver might be this year's darling team. Like last year it was Utah. I think this year's. I think Denver might be this year's darling team. How many team? How many guys, times did they play Denver? Twice, Western Conference. Right. Um, uh, you know. They've got Millsap now. Plus the altitude, man. They have to go to the Denver. Altitude, yep. I I'm gonna I'm gonna say 
they lose both those games. Ooh, bold play. I was going to go with one, one and one. I think you're also just reacting to the fact that we we had so many wins against Eastern Conference teams building up that you don't want to be too out there. But I agree. Denver's going to be a very tough team. Millsap's a great addition. Jokic is amazing. You just would have to imagine um, Jamal Murray might actually be able to shoot soon. They just have a good young core, and it feels like they're coached well. So um, I was definitely going to go with one games because I just can't confidently say they're absolutely going to beat, uh, beat them twice. So here's here's I'm looking at the schedule now, and the Celtics – have they do San Antonio, Detroit, Chicago on the road? Denver's the first night back, and Utah is the next game. So you get the first night back after a road trip, and Utah at home. Gordon, Hay- that's the that's a look ahead game. So that home game against Denver could be that uh, a schedule lost, and then the road game against Denver is the last game of a four game trip. Lakers, Clippers, Golden State. And then Denver at the end. That might be. Uh, they do have one game, one day off in between the the Golden State and Denver. But that's a tough. That's a tough last game of the road trip. So yeah, I, I'm gonna say I say I say they lose both those games. I like it. I like it. Moving on to Detroit, who the Celtics play three times. This is Avery Bradley coming back. Detroit. Um, they're not gonna be bad. They're not going to be good, but they're not going to be bad. Did you know um, Detroit was called the Little Caesars Arena? When that's it, new. That's that new change? this year. They because they moved. They they moved from the Palace. They're Are not they in Auburn now? Hills anymore. They moved to a new arena. This is their first season in a new arena downtown. Yeah, you, you always hear beat writers complain. It's like, oh, it's so far from the airport or something like. Oh, I'm glad they'll stop doing that, but uh yeah. Um I'm going to I'm going to give them two two out of 3 against uh Detroit. Yeah, that would make sense to me. I would actually uh, Detroit the uh, matchup against Andre Drummond always is intriguing because it's the kind of exact type of player that you would think it kind of sometimes does give the Celtics trouble to someone with that much size and rebounding, but it feels like Drummond can never really play at the end of the game. Um and they always they're very quick to go to hack at Drummond. Um I'm going to agree with you and go two. Uh, I think that makes sense, but sometimes there's just like the games against Detroit last year were also pretty close. I think I remember a buzzer beater um, in Detroit. So, and it seems they definitely got better by adding Avery Bradley. He's going to be motivated to play against this new team, but I still think the Celtics are a better team. All right. The team that ruined basketball, Golden State Warriors. Celtics <laughs> played them twice. They, they always get one win against Golden State. Don't they? They find a way to have a, a, a crazy win. They've beaten them once each of the past two seasons. So I'm going to say it continues. Why wouldn't I? One, they're going to have a crazy win against Golden State. That's the game before the Denver game, right? That's that's their big win. So Denver is going to be the big letdown. So yeah, I'm going to say that uh, they'll they'll do one of those crazy win in Golden State games and then get smoked at home. Uh. Their winning Golden State last year came uh, while Kevin Durant was hurt, uh, and it was like the first game they were kind of adjusting to it, or early game. I'm going to go with zero wins. I think uh, the Warriors are the best team in basketball, and uh, they're going to beat the Celtics twice. They're just, they're good. All right, fair enough. Next team, the new super team in the West, the Houston Rockets, adding Chris Paul to James Harden, two games. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um... 
Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be so tough to guard, and I uh, just to throw all to throw Chris Paul and uh, James Harden, and they still have Ryan Anderson, and you know Capella's no slouch. Uh, I say they go over against uh, Houston. Yeah, no, that was my initial reaction, too, just trying to think about it. It's something I mentioned earlier with Jalen Brown. How do they guard both Chris Paul and James Harden? I guess James Harden's kind of uh, is larger, um, so that you could throw out guys like Hayward and um, maybe Crowder on him. Um, but I have to agree that the, it just feels like the Rockets got better as well as the Celtics. I still think the Celtics are uh, have the ability to take one from them. It feels like... Um, the Rockets are a little bit too predictable in their three-point shooting, and maybe if they have a, a bad shooting night, the Celtics can get in there with a win. And the Celtics are going to have a really great offense too, and I think they're going to be in the top of the league with the um, with the Houston Rockets. So I think there's definitely a chance, probably at home, that the Celtics can outscore them. Um, I think I think they have a chance to take one, but I agree with you; it's going to be a tough tough matchup. All right, okay. next up. All right, I realize this is going on long, so we, we still have yep. the whole half of the league to go. So we'll blaze through this. Uh, Indiana, four times. Victor Oladipo. Oh, they're, yeah, they're going to be terrible. Uh, but I'll say the, three. There's going to be one stupid loss there. I'm going to say that the Pacers are going to be terrible. I'm going to go with four, but you're right. They're a trash team. Uh, the L.A. Lakers. Uh, sweep. I would have to agree. The L.A. Clippers. Oh, can we? We have to talk about how um, we really hope Magic Johnson gets caught for tampering. <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, pretty awesome. He won't because that's just there. Unless you, you got to do something super goddamn stupid to be caught for tampering. Like, like there has to be a paper trail. There's no way that they get caught. If they do, that would be amazing. But one question I got on Twitter today, and I forgot to answer because I've been traveling all day, is the there is some concern out there that if they get caught, they lose a draft pick, but the Celtics potentially have rights to next year's draft pick. I, I would think that if they do get caught and if they do get penalized a draft pick, it would be the one that they haven't committed rights to. So just to answer a Twitter question to somebody who I hope listens, but I don't remember who it is. I don't think it would affect the Celtics potentially having that pick. So, but man, that would be amazing if magic got the job and immediately tampered and it cost them the ability to get the guy that they tampered. That would be the best penalty is that Paul George is forbidden from going to the Lakers. That just would laugh. That would be perfect. That would be great. And I saw someone tweet this, so I can't remember who it was, but they said, I wish that Larry Bird was still on the general manager of the Pacers just so we could do another Magic versus Bird. This would be another chapter. Is the great tampering where Larry was like wearing a secret wire and got Magic on tape tampering with Paul George. That would be perfect. That would be awesome. All right, next team would be the Clippers. Two games. Boy, the Clippers. You know, I'll say, I'll say they split against the Clippers. They're they're still they still got DeAndre. They still got Blake. Uh, they've got some nice new additions. They're not they're not trash. Um, I think if if healthy, they're a really super interesting team. So I would say um, 
yeah, they'll split. Uh, I'd have to agree with you. I think Blake is still good. DeAndre is still good. Um, you never know on the West Coast trips and when when that how that's going to play out. It's just and I have to, like <laughs> I have to acknowledge the halfway through this that our our method is very unscientific, but that's a, it's a summer junk game for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies two games. Two games against the Grizzlies. You know, man, they. They're so hard to figure out. I'll say, I'll say they win both. That was going to be my reaction as well. I just, for some reason, I'm just real down on the Grizzlies. I just feels like the um, Chandler Parsons signing just like reigns over that franchise. It was just, a, and I'm just, I've never been a big Chandler Parsons guy. And it feels like all of my feelings are wrapped up in Chandler Parsons. It's right because I like I'm a big Marcus Alton and um, Mike Conley. I think they're solid players. Um, they also lost Zebo. I don't know. I just for some I just don't like have much confidence in the Grizzlies to be good next year. So I'm going to yeah. say two wins as well. Yeah, they lost grit and grind. You know, and, and I love Marcus All too, but it's, he's not going to. They just don't have enough. Next up, Miami Heat with Kelly Olynyk and his. They've never had to play positional defense like this, um, <laughs> so you just have to factor that in before you. Uh, Come to town. Only one home game. The return of Kelly Olynyk, guys, is December 20th. Actually, that's going to be their third game against the Heat. So they get all their three games against the Heat uh, done in the first three months of the season. Yeah, you forgot that they got Jordan Mickey, too. Oh, you know what? I didn't even, I didn't even know that. I apologize. Yeah. I apologize they just... to people for not <laughs> keeping up with Jordan Mickey. Um, you know, they... Uh, I'll say they split. Oh, no, wait, they, they play three. Uh, they'll take two. Yeah, you never can know with Miami. Goran Dragic is a pest. Dion Waiters is um, Dion Waiters, and he can do some crazy things sometimes. I also, um, wow, I'm completely blanking. James Johnson, I thought he had some good games against the Celtics last year, and plus the, the Kelly Olenek factor. He's just a, such a threat, a versatile threat from deep. He's going to change their entire team. Um, but I still think the Celtics are better, so I'm going to think they're going to go two wins. Next up, uh, a sneaky contender for someone who may be to kind of a top four team in the East, and not really that sneaky, um, the Greek freak, Giannis, and the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, they he is so damn good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they play four times. Four times. Uh, I, I don't know what... Um... Is Jabari Parker going to be back for the season? Like he's he's getting healthy, right? I believe so. I have no reason to think uh, otherwise. Yeah, What's I a- think I think they I think they split. I think they split. They take two against Milwaukee. Yeah, no, I was going to say we're we're agreeing too much. That's I think we just uh, great minds think alike because they, yeah. it feels like there's no way you can confidently say. The Celtics are going to win three, and this game, this game is just like so much about going with your just your gut reaction about two teams, and it's just like Milwaukee's a damn good team, and you can see them. They're, I feel like they're if they're not on the same tier as the Celtics, they're directly below them. So there's it's really no way you can say the Celtics are they uh, could that much better. Yeah, they could very easily. We talk about the tiers in the NBA, Cleveland, whatever with their mess. But they'll, you put them at, at one. The Celtics are at two with Toronto and Washington right behind them. Milwaukee is kind of 
penciled in right behind those two teams, but they could easily challenge. I would if if Milwaukee ended up with the third seed in in the East when all is said and done, it's like mildly surprising, but not really. Like you're like, yeah, you know, it's better than I thought, but I, that is their everything goes right. They could they could be a third seed. I could see it. No, they're going to be good, and you just think Giannis is going to get that much better. And so maybe Brogdon gets better, maybe Thon Maker gets better as well. It's just they they are a dangerous team, and I would imagine they they're probably the three or four seed in this in the Eastern Conference. All right, uh, next is going to be a tough team who got a lot better this offseason in trading for Jimmy Butler is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Two games. Play, play them twice. Um, I'll I'll go with the split on that. Yeah, uh, that would make sense. We don't really have anyone who can match up with Carl Anthony Towns, and maybe he goes supernova. But I feel like they're still um, they're still building something in in Minnesota with Andrew Wiggins being so young that you just don't. That's just the gut reaction. All right, the New Orleans Pelicans, two games. Um, you know, I'll say split there too because the the size I think presents a problem. And assuming that Boogie can stay on the court and there's no foul trouble, uh, I think that, that'll be tough. So uh, I'll, I'll say we split. I'm going to go with two wins for the Celtics. I just don't believe in the Pelicans at all when Drew Holiday is making that much money and Solomon Hill is making that much money. They're really like a two-and-a-half deep team. Like they're just There's not a lot of good things on there. Not even James Young will save the New Orleans Pelicans. So I just think the Celtics <laughs> are going to get two wins. Awesome. Next, the New York Knickerbockers for four games. That's four wins. Yep. The Knicks are terrible. That was easy. Oh, the Oklahoma City (laughs) Thunder. Two games. Oh, boy. Westbrook plays well. It feels like Marcus Smart pisses him off, and he always plays well against Marcus uh, Smart. And then they added Paul George. (laughs) But Marcus Smart goes crazy in Oklahoma City. Like, just has monster games going back. Uh, I'll go with the split. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the, the split as well, but I just remember the game last year where it was just like, I think it was both games last year where it was Russell Westbrook in the fourth quarter and the Celtics just had zero ways to stop him. And I don't think losing Avery Bradley helps that situation at all. Um, they're a dangerous team. I could easily see the Celtics getting swept by them, but, uh, I just think the Celtics are better and, um, and probably have more depth. I have it, a gut feeling. Orlando Magic, four games. Oh, boy. Uh, there's, I want to say four wins against Orlando, but do, doesn't Orlando always come up with some stupid win? So I'll say three. I'll say three because there's going to be a, a, a stupid loss to them. Oh, you hit it on the head again. There always is a dumb loss to Orlando. It feels like it's always in Orlando, and it's like directly in the middle of the season, and there's just it's one of those nonsense games you overlook because it's Orlando. Yeah, yeah. This next one's pretty interesting to me. It's the Philadelphia 76ers for four games. And it's really interesting because when Joel Embiid was in the game for the 76ers in the games they played last year, it really felt like the Sixers were uh, were played better than the Celtics. In one game, Isaiah uh, had to go crazy and kind of bail them out. Then there were some other games where Embiid wasn't playing, but it felt like they the Celtics didn't have any match for Embiid. And the Sixers have added Ben Simmons. Uh, he's actually going to be playing even though he's a whiny little baby about his 2K rating, and then um, Markel <laughs> Fultz. So I think I my initial reaction would just say they split but with Philly. I just think Philly is... Damn it. 
I was going to say the same thing, honestly. <laughs> Uh, okay, this is, we may have to edit this out because it's so like, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. No, I'll, I'm going to say because it's the thing that would piss me off the most is to have them split because then everybody's going to lose their damn minds over, you know, every the Fultz trade and, and every, uh, yeah, I, it's going to be one of the most annoying storylines of the season. I, I agree. They'll split. Uh, next one up is the Phoenix Suns. I'm just going to pencil myself in for two games. How do you feel about that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, they had that, that another, I keep saying the, the phrase stupid losses, but that loss where, uh, at the buzzer, Tyler at Uless. The, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, I'll, I'll, I'll say they split. Ooh, bold play. I think the Suns are going to be terrible. They are going to be terrible, but they it's going to be something about that. Um, next one, the Portland Trailblazers. That's always kind of the, the, the northernmost uh, place they play on the West Coast. It's always either the start or the end of a West Coast trip. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with a split there. I would have to agree. Sacramento Kings. Sans Boogie Cousins with um, De'Aaron Fox. Sweet. You're right. Just mentioning De'Aaron Fox made me think of Dennis Smith Jr. And I'm looking back, I'm glad I gave uh, the Celtics only one win because I think Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be amazing. I don't, that just popped in my head. Next one's <laughs> interesting. San Antonio Spurs, who the Celtics have not beat in, it feels like, six or seven years. Yeah. They may no. You know what? I'll give them one. I'll give them a win against the Spurs. I can't do it until I see it happen. I just can't do it. <laughs> it's going to be tough. Another very interesting one is the Toronto Raptors, who the Celtics play for four games because they're in the same division. Yeah, that that's going to be a tough one. They'll split that. I would have to agree. Uh, Toronto. They were able to get rid of Damari Carroll. wasn't that like useful of a player. They just the Celtics have really not ever had a, a sound answer for Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry. Uh, those games have always been tough, so I think the two makes the most sense. It feels like the safe play. Um, Utah Jazz. Gordon Hayward going back to Utah, like that famous Sweet. notorious Big song. Going, going back, back to Utah. Yeah, uh, sweep that. Really? Um, yeah. I think that would, yeah, that makes sense with the, for some reason I'm still thinking of the Utah Jazz as the team with Gordon Hayward and Rudy Gobert, but they don't have Gordon Hayward anymore, so they're going to be much um, less good yeah. at basketball. And I remember Isaiah Thomas feels like he just cooks Rudy Gobert every time. Like, Rudy Gobert just doesn't able to deal with someone that small. So I'm going to agree with you. Again, two and two. Finally, four-part funeral, the <laughs> Washington Wizards. I you know I'm gonna stay with the split on this too. I mean they they've split everything, so it, you know why not yeah, split they, those two? That you're making you're being too logical. I know that's my that's really the, my biggest problem. Yeah, I think it's just the problem. That's why we're not on local uh, sports talk radio. Is that we just too uh, logical for sports talk radio? We just gotta have these well reasoned takes. All right, I'm adding up the win totals as we speak on Excel. Dragging the box over. All right. <laughs> so it oh, turns out is... that I was actually more optimistic than you are. Get I out. predicted the Celtics would win 57 games, and you predicted the Celtics would win 54 games, which 
Wow. Okay. I think that completely justifies this uh, uh, inane exercise because that's kind of around the area. I would say that's the range of where I expect the Celtics to be. 54 to 56. Be this year. So um, congratulations to us for putting together a brilliantly scientific experiment to determine (laughs) how many games the Celtics are going to win. Yeah, well, early on, I thought, like you said, we we're going to be like, oh, geez, it's going to be like 60-some-odd games, and we're going to have to like, uh, well, maybe they won't, but yeah, yeah, 54 games. I, I could see 54 to 56. Like I said, I've been saying throughout the season, uh, off season, somewhere north of what they won last year, I would have I would have probably said 56 uh, before all of this, and I'll, you know. I'll still stick with that. I'll, I'm going to say I'll be wrong a couple of times maybe. But, um, yeah, 56 sounds good. And if everything goes right and if they have one of those, you know, really, like, above expectation seasons, they could they could sniff 60. But 56 sounds about right. 54 to 56 sounds right. And the thing is, like, when going through this list is all the bad teams they get to play four times. The Hawks, the Nets, the Bulls. Uh, the Knicks, there's just a lot of Orlando. There's just all the what kind of the worst teams in the league. They get to their Indiana, they get a crack at them four times. So it's just an easy way to pile up a bunch of wins. It feels like I hadn't really gone through the schedule that much in depth, but looking at the numbers now, like the, the teams they have four against, um, are definitely beneficial to them. So I'm not, yeah. I wouldn't be too surprised if they won upwards of, of 55 games. Yeah. I mean, look, we, we split on, on Philly. But it depends. Like, if Philly doesn't come together, if it, if they have some problems or injury issues, shockingly, they could easily sweep that series. You know, there there are there are wins in here that you know, even like Toronto. Toronto, they're they're an interesting team with Ibaka. I don't know how much better he really makes them, but they had to roll with Ibaka. And I just, I have questions about that. I said split, but like you said, that's a safe play. It's possible. It's possible that they could they could take three games out of that, and especially if and especially if there's another injury or anything like that. But I'm 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 kind of curious about what the Raptors are really going to be this season. Yeah, for some like for some reason in my head. The Celtics are clearly better than them, but then when it came time to kind of choose the win totals, they're not better enough that I think it's like a. I felt confident in predicting three wins, but if you talk about just uh, how they're going to play and where they're going to finish in the rankings, um, for some reason I'm just like, my gut is telling me it's Celtics, 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 but then um, they're not that much better. And, this, and I think it's mostly lies in the fact of how tough the, the Raptors played them last year, but I agree with you. They're not necess- they didn't really take a leap of source. They're kind of just kind of hovering around the same place. So maybe they figure something out, but they did have a crazy, like, efficient offense last year. But maybe they take a step back. You're right. The thing about this is there's so many – we should have done this if, uh, like, we should have, like, locked, some- locked them in like we were cool podcast guys. But there's some that's just, like, <laughs> you can go either way, like a-, a give a game here or there. There's some real toss-ups. But then, like, uh, if I had to lock anything in, I would say they're going to beat Indiana four times. Right. Right. I mean, look, there's just it's just what it is. I'm not going to lock in, especially against a team like Toronto or even Washington. Washington kind of stayed put, and the Celtics got better. So it's just going to be interesting to see how what the Celtics did, how that matches up. You know, and 
we sort of looked at where they play in the schedule, but there's there's still schedule influences that we didn't take into account in in most of these. The second half of the Celtics season, it, there's a lot more uh, rest in between those games. So, for example, the Celtics play the Pacers on a Sunday at 7.30, then they play the Wizards two games later, two days later, uh, three days later on Wednesday at 8 o'clock. So a couple days rest, that's one of the games that they could win. Uh, they they don't have a lot of time in between games early in the season, so those could end up being tougher. Eh, you know, whatever. That's fine. Yeah, and we're also I, I'm comfortable. There's, there's a whole landed. injury thing that could happen and ruin all of this, but that's you know what? It's August. We got to get by, and we did it. We entertained we the it. people, and we gave them something to think about. Hopefully, so you guys heard all of our predictions. Go to the SeatGeek app and figure out where we might have been wrong. Or figure out, like, oh, they said they're going to split. We'll figure out which two games they're going to win against Toronto. And you can get the, you can get your tickets through the Seeky cap there. And remember, use the promo code LONBA to get $20 off your first Seeky purchase. All right. We hope you guys are enjoying your August. We hope you guys uh, didn't go blind looking at the eclipse. And uh, we hope that you come back and visit us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, and that you rate us five stars. And if you are not a subscriber, please subscribe. Give us that rating. Give us a good review. Let the people know that we are here for you, even in the dead of August, doing fun things, predicting the season, and talking Celtics. For you, we are here for you on a regular basis. Thanks for listening. This has been the Locked On Celtics Podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.